Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Quest for New Inspiration. My name is KT Mashler, and as always, if you are interested in following along for new episodes, make sure you are subscribed on all platforms, and you will get notifications every Tuesday. On this week, I am so excited to share with you my episode from Matthew Turner. He is an author. On this week's episode, I am so excited to share with you my episode from author Matthew Turner. We talk about how to channel your creativity, what led him to writing his first book, plus how to get out of writer's block. He is truly an inspiration. I hope he inspires you as much as he inspired me. So, well, I am Matthew Turner, and I am an author. I do writing both for myself and, and for my clients. I'm based here in the north of England. Father of two, so they keep me busy. And yeah, I've been writing. It's supposed to be where I've been writing for like 15, 16 years now. And I've been writing as like a profession for the past nearly 10 years. So I've written five books and a few short stories. And I ghostwrite for clients as well. So from articles to books to long narrative-driven email sequences, I'm just all about telling stories, really. So that's kind of what I bring to the table in, uh, in my everyday. I'm just constantly writing, 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 writing. And I love stories. And I love gathering other people's stories, a little bit like you're doing here with podcasts. So I'll like interview people and I'll hear people's stories. And I like to try and, you know, take those stories and use them as inspiration to create my own stories. And that was a big play on my most recent book, which is called Beyond the Pale. Um, I interviewed some people who have personally inspired me. We're talking about inspiration here, people who have personally inspired me in recent years. And it's a work of fiction, but it involves these real-world people. And I was able to involve their characters into the story. And I was able to kind of take their lessons and their learnings and their, their journey and make it relevant for the lead character, Ferdinand. And in terms of my big mission and what I hope I help people with, um, I mean, I, I basically work with sort of business owners who are kind of caught up in the hustle and grind. That's kind of like my big play. I've been there myself and I know how toxic it can be. So the thing that keeps me fueled and motivated is just trying to help people escape that hustle to develop greater whole life balance and to just go a bit more mile deep rather than surface level, whether that's through what they do with their community, whether it's what they do with their customers, whether it's just being the best father, mother, sibling, friend, partner, whatever it may be. So yeah, hopefully that gives you a nice overview of things. Yes. What kind of started this? I guess, either passion or career of being a writer? A breakup. <laughs> yeah, a breakup. Um, my first lost love, as cliche as it sounds, back when I was about 21. And I turned to writing as kind of like journaling to begin with, as just a form of therapy to get at what was going on in my head, out into the open and to make sense of it. I always found it, and I still do find it hard to articulate it through, through speaking and talking it over. But when it comes to writing something down, that's how I personally gain clarity. So that was my afraid, but my brain's this story machine. 
And I've always had that kind of wild, vivid imagination as a, as a youngster. So as soon as I started journaling and I approached that as a form of therapy, I just started to come up with this idea of the story. I started inventing these characters and part of me was in some of these characters and part of she was and like other people who um, I kind of crossed paths with over the years. And that eventually became my, my first novel called Beyond Parallel. And that was, let's just say, a work in progress. I spent about seven or eight years, basically my entire 20s, writing it, putting it in a drawer, coming back to it, rewriting it, editing it. At this point, I wasn't a writer. I just was using it as a bit of a side project. I was just using it as something to keep me occupied while I was doing, you know, the nine to five while studying at university, which is something that gave me a bit of a, you know, a, a light inside. And then I got to a point where I was like, right, I need to either leave this novel of mine in a drawer forever and just get on with my life, or I need to finish it. I need to do it properly. I need to actually learn some more about writing, get it critiqued. I need to involve an editor. I need to um, pitch it to an agent or self-publish it or something and complete the process. And I chose a letter. I decided to, you know, complete the process. I didn't want to just leave it. I wanted to see where it would go. And I'm so happy I did because it was the first of five books and I count him already working on the six. You'll kind of see the notes behind me. That's all the the sort of notes that post it to the second book in the in the current series. And and yeah, I just developed this passion, not so much for writing, but for storytelling. As I say, getting my own stories from my head into it, it into a way that made sense, first and foremost to me, and hopefully would make sense to other people too. But then I started interviewing other people and I started reaching out to the people and I found a passion of taking their stories and repurposing them into my own and interweaving them things about nature so i just love stories i love to listen to them and i love to tell them and yeah that's kind of how it all sparked those 15 something years ago do you have any like speaking of listening that's like one of my favorite i don't know why audio is just like my favorite method of absorbing information but like even tv shows that i watch i tend to just listen to them versus watch them i don't know why i catch myself doing that but do you have any favorite either like audiobooks or anything do you have any audiobooks that you have done or anything like that that you'd recommend well actually for me you say I've, I've done i've recorded some of my previous books like myself but for the first time and the narrator is currently not writing it but recording it and he sent me the sample just about three days ago so that's exciting. Towards the end of the month, it should be available on Audible and it'll have completed the Beyond the Pale trilogy. It'll be available in the book, paperback, and in audio. As an audiobook, I, I tend to listen to all running. So I've been into running for you know, a good number of years, about five or six years. I'm actually about to run my first marathon in a few months. And I struggle to run to music and I struggle to run to nothing because my mind just starts taking over and yeah, it's it just becomes a whirlwind. But I love to listen to audiobooks, especially on longer runs. So I wouldn't say I've got a specific favorite book, but I do always remember listening to Mark Manson's books on audio and loving them because I just loved how he personally recorded them. I think he's got a very cool and interesting voice. And the way that he tells the story, he's a very unique storyteller. And you can tell that when you read it. I've read his books too. But 
I mean, I don't know. You can, you'll probably know this as well and appreciate it as well. You sometimes will read something, but you're not always understanding like the, the tone yeah. and the style of the author. You try to imagine how they would say a certain thing, you know, the tone of their voice and such. And I feel like the way Matt Manson recorded his books, it brought the stories alive. It took it to another level because you could hear his passion. You could hear, and, and again, as a writer, I can appreciate that because it's one thing to just tell a story. It's another to have it like flow through you. So I love to hear authors like that who really bring their books and their stories to life because they just find it so passionate. And you don't always get that with a standard audiobook when it's a narrator who didn't write it, for instance. So yeah, that was very interesting. And another one which just comes to mind, which I absolutely love, mainly because he's just got an incredible voice, but um, Stephen Fry's like retelling of Greek mythology. Um, I listened to that play about 18 months ago now, and that was very interesting. He got a wonderful voice. He's a very sort of famous personality here in Britain, but yeah, a great storyteller, great voice. And again, I can't imagine just reading a Stephen Fry book. I want to listen to him read a Stephen Fry book. <laughs> That's amazing. I, I can definitely relate to that with like Brene Brown. Like, I feel like I'm not, I feel like I'm almost in like a TED talk, like with her. So, or like she's like sitting in a room and she's just like talking to me or she's like, I don't know, like a little angel on my shoulder. It's just, I love listening to that kind of stuff. She does amazing, amazing work. And it's an art form. Not everyone does it. Just because you might be a writer who can write a book doesn't mean you're necessarily a good speaker. Yeah. It's it's an art form. It's a skill. So when someone is both a good writer and a good speaker, it's just a real treat when they especially record their own audio books because their passion comes through when they share it in a very layered, interesting way. And yeah, it just, it just brings the book literally alive it's it's wonderful but as i say some writers aren't necessarily good speakers so they they should leave it to someone else (laughs) there's always that one voice that just isn't everybody (laughs) or anything like that so um going i guess back to your writing is there any kind of moment or i guess you talked about it earlier what do you kind of lacked inspiration or you guys have like a writer's block what do you kind of what's kind of your process when you're going through that how do you step out of that and move forward i literally step out of that i walk yeah and sometimes it's as simple as walking from one coffee shop to another i i don't like to write at home i like to write in coffee shops that's kind of like my place my office my moving office so i love to write in coffee shops and i think writer's block it's it's a funny thing like it's not that it's not real it's a real thing because sometimes your creative juices just screech to a halt I mean, there might be a reason for it there might be something going on in your life there might be just like stress and overwhelm sometimes there's no reason for it it's just you're having one of those days but i think we'll as writers we often will use writer's block as an excuse oh, I'm just not feeling it. I've got writer's block, so I don't want to push it. I want to wait for the story to find me. And it just doesn't work like that, at least not in my experience. A lot of the times I just look at that screen of mine, whether I'm writing for a client or writing for myself, and just do not want to write. But I know that if I just start, it will start flowing. And some days you walk away from a session and think, what I wrote was terrible. 
But then, lo and behold, you come back to it the next day and reread it and go, actually, that's that's fine. It's not nearly as bad as I thought. So it depends on your mood. And I think that's a lot of the time, right, of Spock. It's just your mood. It's something going on inside you. It's just insecurity or self-doubt or some kind of resistance. But when I do come across it, and I do indeed come across it, I just go for a walk. Sometimes it's five minutes walking from one coffee shop to the next. Sometimes you need to just disconnect for the rest of the day and go for a nice walk in nature. Sometimes you need to disconnect for a few days and escape the, you know, the chaos by its life. I mean, I feel that as parent. It's it's hard. Sometimes you do leave to like escape to just allow that creativity to reconnect and rekindle. And I find once I start walking, and I just get that fresh air in my, uh, in my lungs and I get some nice scenery and I smell it and I taste it. And, and more importantly than ever, just, just allow my light and my, my brain to just kind of rest and reset. I'm not kind of forcing it to do anything. It's just allowed to breathe a little bit. It's allowed to do its thing. And that's when I find, ah, some ideas come forward. Ah, that solution I was looking for, it's right there all along. Ah, there's the answer to that question I've been asking for the past 10 minutes, 10 hours, 10 days. That's that's really cool. Okay, so I have a kind of odd question. With being a writer for like a longer period of time, has your writing method and inspiration kind of shifted once you had kids and like got married, I'm assuming, or had like a bigger relationship? How did that kind of, you mentioned it started like from a breakup. How did that kind of like shift in perspective or in life change your writing methods i mean it has definitely yeah, it's a good question i've at least with my personal work i've always had like a coming of age style the books i've written i've always had that kind of coming of age sort of premise to it whether it's someone in their late teens early 20s mid-20s geez i feel like we're coming of age into his 30s and 40s these days mm-hmm. it's just it is what it is like life is is chaotic and crazy so coming of age isn't just for 16-year-olds anymore, in my opinion. So that's kind of always been the thread. And whenever you write something coming of age, it's always going to be a bit angsty. There's always going to be that kind of like mental block that the lead character is going through. And they're having to overcome whatever it may be, because that is the whole process of coming of age. You think you know, and then you realize you don't. Yeah. And it's a journey of figuring out what comes next. And that's kind of been like the one theme which all of my books have had in common. In terms of whether children have t- changed my style, not necessarily, but my inspiration, 100%. I just lock out life differently these days. It's having kids, it's, it's a strange one. In some ways, you get caught up in a very scarcity-driven mindset where you think short-term because you literally have to provide for them. So there's always that short-term mentality of you've got to make sure you're providing for them today. But they also allow you to really get a big picture because you're imagining what life is going to be like 10, 15 years from now. You start appreciating that you've got someone who's going to be by your side for the next two, three, four, five decades until you basically pass. And that just removes a lot of the pressure. And I've been able to just kind of tap into that especially with my own books and go, I don't need to be like this huge sex now. It doesn't matter if a launch is this big, massive thing. I want to create something that goes deep and becomes a perennial seller. And 
has an impact not just today, not just next year, but 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 50, 100 years from now. I mean, that is what I've realized drives me. I love the thought of being a writer back for rent when I'm under the ground. Because there's some of the greatest writers now that are enjoyed now. There are people who wrote a book 100 years ago or longer. And having kids gave me that outlook. I realized, yes, there's life to be lived today, but there's also an entire lifetime to live with them. And I want my books to be a part of that. I want them to be a part of the books. I want to see them grow. I want to see them have their own children and such. And it's hard to have that mentality pre-kids, at least for me. I didn't have that mentality. I didn't think about that stuff, not nearly as much. So yes, in terms of inspiration, having children has very completely changed, not just writing, but like my, my entire life, how I write, for sure. But my style and my tone, it's, it's always a journey. You never quite feel like you're there. It's always adapting and evolving, especially as you kind of get older and going through different things. But I think I've had a fairly set style for a number of years now. I love it. Do you ever think that you'll like write a kid's book or anything like that? <laughs> I can't imagine it. No. You <laughs> say, oh, you should be kids, but I, but I, I never say never. I never thought I would write a trilogy. Um, because that always that's what was always the thing it's like oh yeah if you want to be successful especially as a self-published author write a trilogy or, or four books five books six books because that's the most that's the easiest way to kind of promote and sell books in this online driven world and I just never thought I would have that I never figured that I would but then the idea for Beyond the Pale came up and I quickly was like yeah this, this is going to be a trilogy and there's going to be possible subsequent works from that so I've I've learned to never say never, and who knows, maybe there'll be a children's book one day, but not <laughs> Okay, perfect. Well, I don't want to take up too much of your time, so do you have any last piece of advice or maybe like a go-to affirmation that you like to share? Be kind to yourself. Yeah, it's it's been such a heavy, 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 heavy couple of years. And indeed, life, even when it's at its best, it's it's chaotic. So much of what you do and happens around you is like out of your control. Like in the grand scheme of things, you get to control so little of your life. And if there's one thing which I try to bring myself to again and again and again, it's something that I learned from Kimmel Ravikant, who I have to say appears in Beyond the Pale. And it's this idea of not... Um, placing too much focus on the outcome and instead placing focus on effort. You know, just do your best. Like, go easy on yourself. Set a goal, but if you don't hit it, don't kill yourself. Don't try and achieve a goal today, which you know you kind of set to be achieved six months from now. And just take steps and just give it a your all. And in time, those outcomes will come about you know there are a byproduct success is often a byproduct of just commitment but to be truly committed you need to be easy on yourself because otherwise you enter every single day stressed feeling that pressure and it's no way to live so yeah be easy on yourself and commit to you love it well if anybody wants to learn more about your books buy your books or learn more about you where could they go beyondbook.co so that's beyondbook.co 
there's links to Beyond the Pale, my Facebook and Instagram page. This conversation sparks, and if you'd like to get in touch, please feel free to ask questions and then open book. There's also a way for you to download the first couple of chapters of Beyond the Pale for free, so you can have a read, see if it's to your liking. Yeah, that's it, beyondbook.co. Perfect, and those will be down in the show notes below when this goes live. All right, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. And that is it for this week's episode. Thank you again for my guest. Thank you again to my guest, Matthew Turner. He was amazing. Thank you to you for tuning in. It truly does mean the world to me. If you're feeling super generous and want to spread the word about this podcast, it really does make a difference. If you want to follow us on social media, follow us on Instagram at Quest for New Inspiration or on Twitter at New Inspiration Pod. I hope you guys have an amazing day.